so yes I do have a healthy and sageable appetite for sex also because it does gladden my heart and if I'm being perfectly honest sex makes me ferociously glad and I have a healthy sky-high sex drive. It's normal for me and it's appropriate for me. I no longer feel abnormal nor inappropriate about my healthy sky-high sex drive. I've had a burning fascination with sex a good burning fascination with sex for the majority of my life. And I've always had a thirst and I've learned to never deny it. Other people's insecurities have nothing to do with me. And it never ceases to amaze me even now how something as beautiful as my being confident in myself and my body and the power of my sex could be twisting to something shittily shameful, something fucking dirty and something just goddamn dark. Meaning, making it catastrophic. To me, owning my sexuality means owning my power as a non-binary person makes me feel like a non-binary person. I am the good kind of sex crazed. I love my thirst for sex. I love my hunger for sex. I am in love with love as deeply as I love sex. I am horny for sex. How about that? I want to make it clear. Reckless is not my middle name. I have healthy loyalty. I know intimacy well. And I don't hate monogamy. That That's why my being a healthy sexual person is a good thing. I love my ravenous appetite. Which is a thing of beauty for me. And my raven's appetite is sex. Harnessing my power from soul to soul as a form of liberation is what I'm about. Sex is one is an amazing intimate endeavor for me that I am in love with, and I am not ashamed to fucking admit it. <laughs>
Do I really have any insecurities? I've resolved them all. That's my answer. To me, there's beauty in the essence of that possession of my own sexual beingness. I mean, I'm straightforward and blunt. I know that for sure. I define myself for myself. I, I, I only allow myself to tell who or what and how I should be. I do what I want to do in the name of the do no harm principle. And in that same breath, I do whomever it is me that I want to do in the name of the do no harm principle. And I love to get paid. And I've always wanted to get paid to have sex. So now you fully understand why I want to be a global porn icon. <laughs> so in closing, um, my appetite for sex is Healthy, insatiable, healthy, unquenchable, healthy, unappeasable, healthy, uncontrollable, healthy, voracious, healthy, prodigious, healthy, gluttonous, healthy, greedy, healthy, hungry, healthy, ravenous, healthy, ravening, healthy, wolfish, healthy, avid, healthy, eager, healthy, keen, healthy, never satisfied, healthy, unable to be satisfied, healthy, piggish, healthy, piggy, healthy, hoggish, healthy, swinish, healthy, gutsy. Healthy garnet-like, healthy insatiate, healthy audacious, healthy assurance. So my appetite and desire for sex is healthy because it's the good kind of impossible to satisfy. And when it comes to the entire human diversity of adults, my having insatiable appetite or desire for sex is all pure good. And um, I have to say it again. I am ethically playing the field. That means that I healthily indulge in a, hold on for a minute. I ethically play the field, which means that I healthily indulge in promiscuous series of healthy sexual relationships without committing myself to anyone. And the promiscuous series are all healthy the ones that I engage in so let me get even deeper I I chase people in non-creepy ways 
and people chase me in non-creepy ways. We pursue each other with gladness, though. I am having or characterized by many transient healthy sex relationships, so I am healthy promiscuous. So the meaning of promiscuous for me is that I'm having or involving many ethical sexual partners, not restricted to one ethical sexual partner or a few ethical sexual partners. And I'm especially having healthy sex relations with a number of ethical partners on a casual basis. I'm characterized by or involving discernment, mingling, or association. No, I'm not indiscriminate when it comes to sex. And um, those are definitely who I am. Yes, I'm sex positive. I'm good slutty. I'm good fast. I'm good loose. I'm good falling, as the traditionalists would use that slur against me. I flip and I'm the good falling. I am unchaste. I am the good unchaste, I'm good debauched, I'm good liberated. I'm good easy. I'm good trampy, I'm good tardy. And, um... So, who am I? Let's see. I'm a healthy Casanova. I'm a healthy Lothario. I'm a healthy Prince Charming. I'm a healthy Romeo. I'm a healthy Charmer. I'm a healthy ladies' man. I'm a healthy... Healthy lady killer? Meaning sexually, but not actual murder. I'm a healthy libertine, I'm a healthy lover, I'm a healthy philanderer, I'm a healthy playboy, I'm a healthy rake, I'm a healthy row, I'm a healthy seducer, I'm a healthy skirt chaser, I'm a healthy smooth operator, I'm a healthy stud, I'm a healthy wolf, I'm a healthy woman chaser, and I'm a healthy Don Juan. I'm a healthy wooer. I'm a healthy swain, I'm a healthy suit, I'm a healthy, um, I'm a healthy sex partner.
I'm a healthy manizer. I'm a healthy boxer brief pants chaser, if you want to call it that. I'm a healthy seducer. I'm a healthy admirer. I'm a healthy sweetheart. I'm a healthy adorer. I'm a healthy leecher. Healthy satyr. Healthy masher. Um, I'm a healthy amorous too. And as a non-binary person, yes, I'm promiscuous with men and people of all sexual orientations, all gender identities, all sex characteristics. I'm not just promiscuous with women, okay? I mean, remember, I'm ethically promiscuous. I'm an ethical slut. Um, and so now you know who the fuck I am when it comes to sex 100 and motherfucking percent In closing, I'm a healthy hypersexual. I'm a healthy nudist. I'm a healthy naturist. And I am a healthy sex symbol to myself and to the right people. Hello everyone, this is going to be talking about sex today. Here we go. Let's test the kink out of me. <laughs> BDSM info. BDSM is an umbrella term for a variety of often erotic practices or role-playing, which I love to do. It is an acronym representing three components. BD, bondage and discipline, playing with physical restraints, training, punishment, etc. I like those things. Dominance and submission, playing with obedience, power exchange, service, humility, etc. SM, sadism and masochism, playing with pain, degradation, fear, etc. More often than not, other deviant sexual practices are also considered to be part of BDSM. BDSM is a consensual activity respecting the fundamental rights of every human being involved. This separates it from sexual and domestic abuse. Okay, so now you got the basic infos of my sex life. But before I go any further, 
I'm going to mention a certain smile when it comes to everything I'm about to say after I mention the BDSM archetypes. Everyone is different and finding two kinksters, I'm a kinkster by the way, with the exact same preferences is probably impossible. There are, however, a few common archetypes that people can identify with to varying degrees from 0% to 100%. Curious to what extent each archetype suits you, take the test. The list blows by no means complete, but it should cover the most common ones. I would say the list is complete for me in terms of describing myself. So, I'm a dominant. I'm a dominant in the name of enthusiastic consent, enthusiastic equality, enthusiastic respect, enthusiastic trust, and enthusiastic safety. Dominants like me like to be in charge. Sometimes I like to have my partners obey me without questioning. Other times I like my partners to show some resistance while taking it my way. With some partners, I am dominant only in the bedroom, while other partners, I'm dominant in other sexual settings. And I must admit that I am dominant throughout my daily life as well. In the name of the do no harm principle, though. And I'm that way as a dominant do no harm principle, okay? So, unlike the top roles given pain slash bondage slash degradation, being dominant for me is more about who decides what happens and takes the responsibility that comes with it than about the contents of what happens. Okay. Uh, sometimes I'm a submissive in the name of enthusiastic consent, enthusiastic equality, enthusiastic respect, enthusiastic trust, and enthusiastic safety. Submissives like me like to follow at times. Sometimes I like to give the control away to my partners. Sometimes I like to have it forcibly taken from me. Sometimes I am submissive on the bedroom. Sometimes I'm submissive in all the other sexual settings. And sometimes I'm submissive throughout my daily life as well, usually with reasonable limitations. I have reasonable limitations when it comes to my being a dominant, a submissive, a sadist, a masochist, a rigor, a rope bunny, master slash mistress, slave, degrader, degradee, owner, pet, brat, tamer, brat, primal hunter, primal prey, daddy slash mommy, age player, exhibitionist, voyeur, experimentalist, non-monogamous, switch, vanilla, And the whole showing my childlike innocence.
It's they call it boy or girl. I don't like that because then it makes people think about pedophilia. I'm like, no, that's not what's being said. I'll explain that later. Okay, let me get back. Unlike the bottom roles, receiving pain slash bonded slash degradation, being submissive for me is more about who decides what happens and takes the responsibility that comes with it than about the contents of what happens. I'm a sadist in the name of enthusiastic consent, enthusiastic quality, enthusiastic respect, enthusiastic trust, enthusiastic safety, right? Sadists like me enjoy inflicting certain types of pain on their partners using a sexual context. Now, I want to say this. I'm not talking about unnecessary harm. I'm talking about hurts a little bit, but it's not injurious, okay? Nothing violent is happening. There is no legal problems happening, okay? So, I'm I'm into do no when it comes to all the BDSM archetypes I'm explaining to you, do no harm principle is what I follow the most. It's what I follow all the time, actually. So, here we go. So, I'm, so I'm a sadist in the name of... I already said that, okay. I'm a masochist in the name of enthusiastic consent, enthusiastic equality, enthusiastic respect, enthusiastic trust, and enthusiastic safety. Um... Masochists like me enjoy certain masochists like me enjoy receiving certain types of pain from my partners using the sexual context. Masochism for me is independent of pain tolerance. It's purely about the ability to enjoy get aroused by certain levels of pain. Okay? So that's me. I'm a rigor in the name of of enthusiastic consent, enthusiastic equality. Enthusiastic respect, enthusiastic trust, and enthusiastic safety. Riggers like me like to tie up and restrain my partners using rope and slash or other attributes, chains, cuffs, spreader, bars, etc. Whether for sexual enhancement, sometimes that's just for me. For art, sometimes I do that. Or just for fun, sometimes I do that. I enjoy having my partners completely at my mercy. Um... Okay, I'm a rope bunny in the name of enthusiastic consent, enthusiastic equality, enthusiastic respect, enthusiastic trust, enthusiastic safety. Rope bunnies like me like to be tied up and restrained using rope and slash or other attributes, chains, cuffs, spreader, bars, etc. Whether it's sexual enhancement, I do that sometimes for art, I do that sometimes just for fun, I do that sometimes. I enjoy being totally at the mercy of my partners. Okay, so master slash mistress. I'm that in the name of enthusiastic equality, enthusiastic consent, enthusiastic respect, enthusiastic trust, enthusiastic safety. So sometimes I'm the master, sometimes I'm the mistress. Master slash mistress like me receive complete control over the life of my slaves and all responsibilities that come with it. I go a step further than dominance in the sense that my power exchange is present 24-7 in all aspects of my life except for negotiated exceptions such as during my professional career life.
Um, my primary focus is to create a stable and safe environment for my slaves to allow optimal servitude. Okay, I'm a slave in the name of enthusiastic consent, enthusiastic equality, enthusiastic respect, enthusiastic trust, enthusiastic safety. Slaves like me completely hand over the control and responsibilities over my life to my masters and my mistresses. I go a step further than submissive in the sense that my power exchange is present 24-7 in all aspects of my life except for negotiated exceptions such as during my professional career life. Serving my masters and my mistresses is my primary focus in life and I rarely have limits for them. Of course I have healthy human boundaries. I'm not saying there's no reasonable limitations. I just want to put that out there. Um, I'm a degrader in the name of enthusiastic consent, enthusiastic equality, enthusiastic respect, enthusiastic trust, enthusiastic safety. But we're not talking about human rights violations. We're not talking about human rights abuses. We're not talking about human rights atrocities because all three of those things are strictly permanently forbidden in the BDSM world, okay? All right. So degraders like me like to degrade and humiliate my play partners either by acting upon them in a degrading way or by or by my forcing them to do things they consider degrading. But it's a form of it's sexual role playing. Remember, it's playing the role and no laws are being broken. Okay? I just want to reiterate that. Um I'm a degrading in the name of enthusiastic consent, enthusiastic equality, enthusiastic respect, enthusiastic trust, enthusiastic safety. Degradies like me like to be degraded and humiliated by my play partners, either by being acted upon in a degrading way or by being, or, or by my being forced to do things I consider degrading, right? So as a degrady, again, I like to de- degraders like me like to degrade and humiliate my pay my play partners either by my acting upon them in a degrading way or by by my forcing them to do things they consider degrading. Okay. Okay. I'm an owner. In the name of enthusiastic consent, enthusiastic equality, enthusiastic respect, enthusiastic trust, enthusiastic safety. Owners like me own pets slash properties, take responsibility over them on a 24-7 basis. Sexuality is not necessarily involved. In some cases, role-play attributes are also provided. For example, a cage for the pet. There is no link at all with sex with animals, which is simply not on the BDSM spectrum. In other words, we don't do bestiality. We never have. We never will. And we don't do necrophilia. We never have and we never will. And we always hate incest. Okay? 
And many pets don't even feel like they're playing an animal. It's more about a typical relationship between me as an owner and them and them as pets. So in in my owner role, sexuality is definitely necessarily involved though. I, that's just speak me speaking for myself. So I'm the pet in the name of enthusiastic consent, enthusiastic equality, enthusiastic respect, enthusiastic trust, enthusiastic safety. Pets like me are property of my owners in daily life. Sexuality is not necessarily involved, but in my case, it definitely is. In some cases, role play attributes are also provided. For example, a cage for the pet. There's no link at all with sex or animals, which are simply not on the BDSM spectrum. And many pets, like myself, don't even feel like they're playing an animal. It's more about the typical relationship between my owners and myself as the pet. Okay. I'm a brat tamer in the name of enthusiastic equality, enthusiastic consent, enthusiastic respect, enthusiastic trust, and enthusiastic safety. Remember, there's enthusiastic consent when it comes to all the BDSM archetypes that I am, that I say that I am. So I'm a brat tamer. Brat tamers like me are, in, in essence, dominants who enjoy handling bratty submissives. I do. I find disobedience a form of playfulness from the side of the submissive rather than a form of rudeness. I will take no offense to it, because, but will still teach the sub a well-deserved lesson. Because, of course, that is why the bratty sub shows such behavior in the first place. That's what I do. Sometimes I'm a brat in the name of enthusiastic consent, enthusiastic equality, enthusiastic respect, enthusiastic trust, and enthusiastic safety. Brats like me are in essence naughty submissives. I find disobedience a form of playfulness rather than letting my dominance down, and I require a compatible dominant who will not only teach me a lesson, but also accept that any number of lessons might still not necessarily change this behavior. Um, okay, sometimes I'm a primal hunter. In the name of enthusiastic consent, enthusiastic equality, enthusiastic respect, enthusiastic trust, enthusiastic safety. Um, primals like me are mainly focused on my natural instincts, and I enjoy letting my inner animal out during sex. The key part for primals like me play is that the participants, the key part for primals play, which I do, is that I, as one of the participants, show my raw emotional sexual feelings during play. All the labels, roles, and protocols go out the window for me. And the prey, which I am sometimes, can become a snarling, growing, clawing animal hellbent on getting away from its predator, you. (laughs) Sometimes I'm the primal prey in the name of enthusiastic consent, enthusiastic equality, Enthusiastic respect, enthusiastic trust, enthusiastic safety. Primals like me are mainly focused on my natural instincts, and I enjoy letting my inner animal 
animal, and I enjoy letting my inner animal out during sex. The key part for primal's play, which I do, is that I, as one of the participants, show my raw emotional sexual feelings during play. All the labels, roles, and protocols go out the window. And the prey, me, can become a snarling, growing, clawing animal helping on getting away from my predators, right? So that's me. Oh, and as for the primal hunter, and the prey can become a snarling, growing, clawing animal helping on getting away from his predator, meaning me, because my prey is trying to evade me. That's what that means. Um... I'm an exhibitionist in the name of enthusiastic quality, enthusiastic consent, enthusiastic respect, enthusiastic trust, enthusiastic safety. So as an exhibitionist, I enjoy showing my naked body and my sexual activities to other people, enthusiastically, consensually, of course. I'm a voyeur in the name of enthusiastic consent, Enthusiastic quality, enthusiastic respect, enthusiastic trust, enthusiastic safety. So voyeurs like me enjoy watching the nakedness and sexual activities of other people enthusiastically, consensually, of course. So I'm experimentalist in the name of enthusiastic consent, enthusiastic equality, enthusiastic respect, enthusiastic trust, and enthusiastic safety. So as an experimental experimentalist like me want to have tried it all i have an open mind and an insatiable curiosity as my key features and i will rarely form an opinion before i've gathered first hand before i've gathered first hand evidence i often have plenty of fantasies and i will actively pursue to try them out sometimes i'm vanilla in the name of enthusiastic consent Enthusiastic equality, enthusiastic respect, enthusiastic trust, enthusiastic safety. So vanilla people like me sometimes enjoy regular standard sex relationship models. Nothing wrong with that as long as I'm having fun. And sometimes I'm a switch. In name enthusiastic consent, enthusiastic equality, enthusiastic respect. Enthusiastic trust, enthusiastic safety. I would say switch is something I am the most. In BDSM, I'm the switch. That's me the most. Switch is like me like to, well, switch. Always taking a dominant or top position is not for me. Neither is always taking a submissive or bottom position is something that I want all the time either. I prefer to switch with the same partner and partners sometimes. Other times, I want to switch with dominant play partners and submissive play partners. But in either case, I do not fit on one end part point of the spectrum. So overall, I'm a switch. Okay, let me just confess that. Um, overall, I'm an exhibitionist. Overall, I'm a voyeur. Overall, I'm an experimentalist. Okay. Overall, I'm kinky. I'm way more kinky than vanilla. Just want to be honest about that. 
I'm an, so, yeah, I'm a switch in, in the name of enthusiastic consent, enthusiastic equality, enthusiastic respect, enthusiastic trust, and enthusiastic safety. So that means I'm a non-monogamous in the name of enthusiastic consent, enthusiastic equality, enthusiastic respect, enthusiastic trust, enthusiastic safety. So overall, I'm a non-monogamous too. Non-monogamous like me do not see sexuality as necessarily a one-on-one thing. Whether this means I will have several relationships, of course I do, or just see other people outside my relationships, or just see other people outside my relationships, I do, Um, or have even more exquisite constructions, which I do, depends entirely on me as a person in my situations, but I all... But I all have one thing in common. My sexuality is more than just between me and my one fixed partners. Okay. Sometimes I'm an age player in the name of enthusiastic consent, enthusiastic equality, enthusiastic respect, enthusiastic trust, enthusiastic safety. Age players like me like to play with age as part of my kink. I typically take on a much younger or older age than I actually am. And I prefer playing with a partner that does so sometimes. Attributes of behavior changes such as pacifiers, coloring books, speaking more childlike language, etc. are commonly paired with this to enrich the context and make it more appropriate for the played, played age. Sexuality is not necessarily involved, and there's no link at all with pedophilia, which is simply not the BDSM spectrum, okay? So, what all that means is there is no child abuse going on when it comes to BDSM because we hate that. And there is no adult abuse going on when it comes to BDSM because we hate that too. So... There is no inappropriate age disparity of sexual relationships because in the world of BDSM, we hate that. Um, Everyone has to be of age. And when I say of age, meaning physical age and emotional age. I only, that's my big thing when it comes to age. And... It's not there. It's not perverted. There's no perversion. It's not deviant. There's no deviancy, because in order to be the same, we hate all of that. Okay. Um, age player though, um, BDSM. Usually, when I do BDSM, there's sexuality involved. I mean, there are times where I do BDSM when it comes to all these BDSM archetypes, and sexuality is not necessarily involved. But usually when I do it, it is involved. But again, there's no crimes being committed. No abuse, no violence, no filth going on either. Okay. Okay. I'll just say littles. I don't like to say girls, boys, because we're talking about adults here. 
I'll just say, I call it childlike. So littles, kid-like people. Okay, so I'm a, I'm part of the littles, right? In the name of enthusiastic equality, enthusiastic consent, enthusiastic respect, enthusiastic trust, enthusiastic safety. So littles, kid like kid like people, not actual kids like myself, you know, are we are submissive spirits with a strong flavor, childlike innocence. I long for a nurturing, loving dominant who plays I long for nurturing, loving dominants who play a guiding almost parental role in my life. While I require a softer approach to being dominant than most other submissives, my submission can be just as deep as that of other submissives or slaves. Sexuality is unnecessarily involved, and there's no link at all with pedophilia, which is simply not on the BDSM spectrum. So it's good to educate people in ways that lets it be clear. There is no sicknesses going on at all when it comes to these things. And BDSM is fully free of narcissism, of narcissism, psychopathy, sociopathy, and psychopathy. I just want to clarify that. Um... I don't want to say, like, I didn't want to say boy or girl because it's heteronormative. That's why I just said littles, kid-like, not actual kids. Because I want gender and sexual diversity to always be belonging more than just included. So I don't want to just, I don't even want to say daddy and mommy. I'll just say parental roles. Because if you say daddy and mommy, that's heteronormative. In BDSM... We hate heteronormativity. We hate heterosexism. We hate cis sexism. We hate patriarchy. We hate cis heteropatriarchy. Okay? So I'm just say parental roles. So parents like me take on a caretaker role in the relationship, being a guide as much as dominant. Parents like me dominate my little treasure submissives with an iron fist and a velvet glove much cuddly and affection on the outside while my being as sturdy and hard on the inside as other dominants so again i'm i am much cuddly and affection on the ins on the outside just to emphasize that um using subtle psychological mechanisms rather than brute power i nurture my littles into obedience sexuality is not necessarily involved there's no link at all with pedophilia, which is simply not the BDSM spectrum. Okay, so these are BDSM archetypes. And when they say deviant in the beginning, um, a lot of times BDSM has been considered a traumatic taboo. And... We're, and the word deviant is not promoting sexual deviancy. We're saying that society is wrong. That, again, let me read it one more time. 
BDSM is a consensual activity respecting the fundamental rights of every human being involved. This separates it from sexual and domestic abuse. So, a lot of times, people who are old-fashioned about sex, some people who are that way, not all people are that way, they like to say, if you go outside of vanilla, that's deviant. No. No. Everything we do is about grown folks enjoying everything said, done, thought, and felt in terms of BDSM and even just sex and sexuality. So that's something that people really need to think about. Um, Okay, for me, I want to quickly say that Yes, I'm a non-binary person, but I'm not confused. I'm secure. I am not trying to be special snowflakes, and no, this is not just a fad. There's nothing fad about it. I know who the fuck I am. 100%, goddammit. And non-binary is not a new concept. Even the Bible talks about eunuchs and a lot of eunuchs were the queer people of their day remember the bible was written 2000 years ago so i am not a new concept non-binary people were not new concepts okay it's not you all fit on a spectrum from masculine to feminine no no because those Ways of perceiving us non-binary people. It's about... You got to be a stereotypical man or stereotypical woman. No. I don't want to be stereotypical anything. I want to be... Beautifully atypical me. I don't want to be society's definition of typical. And... Why black and white think all facets of full humanity. That's what control freaks do. I'm not a control freak. I utilize healthy control, healthily. Um, and no, I'm not being political with the whole my being gender queer. I'm being humane. And plus... Gender is not about what society says. It's about your relationship with it that no one can define for you but you. And I don't want to destroy gender. In fact, I want the gender system to include people who have not the norm definitions of their gender system that fits outside of the binary, okay? I don't wanna take away people's genders. That never crosses my mind anyway. My pronouns are not ridiculous, here's why. We're talking about referring to people as humans. So, being referred to as a human, for me, I go by all gender pronouns. How is that ridiculous? If 
I'm not saying say it or thing or object or thingamajig or gimmick or collage or pet project. Now, those are clearly ridiculous pronouns because you are devaluing my full humanity. What I'm saying is, is that I go by all gender pronouns. So I want to keep gender. I just think outside of the gender cage, if you will. Society created the gender cage, not me. And some people do medically transition. I don't want to because I never had the desire to. And I I like the body. What's the best way to say it without being unnecessarily ignorant? I don't want to medically transition because I just never had the desire to. And I am satisfied. I'm, you know, I don't want to change anything about my body. That's it. Um, but for those who do non-binary medical transitions, I'm, I'm genuinely happy and glad for them, you know, because it works well for them. Um... Do I experience trans oppression? I have. You know, being the world of organized crime, I saw it firsthand, of course. You know, a handful of criminals would make fun of my, you know, protecting women. They thought, oh, you soft on women, so you one of those... Um, tranny girly girls. So I experienced that. It was in the form of name calling and innuendos, but let's just say that didn't last long because the criminals overheard it, and let's just say that's why those criminals are not around anymore. I'm not glorifying organized crime, though. I'm not. I'm getting all these organized crime stories out in this episode because I don't want to keep doing it. Um, non-binary equals intersex. No, there are multiple forms of non-binary. Enough said. So yes, I'm a non-binary person. My male name is Antonio. My female name is Antonia. And my non-binary name is Anton. Um, let me keep going. So... I'll say this, um, just thinking for myself. So, I'll quickly say these things. Um, If I was a same-sex parent, I would never harm children. They're, you know, and... Even though I'm pansexual and pangender, I don't molest children at far higher rates than heterosexuals because I'm not sexually abusive at all. I I love children. That's why I don't harm children. And...
to be even more honest, I was already pansexual and pangender before I was sexually abused. So the whole, people become homosexual because they're sexually abused as children. They were, as a deficiency in sex remodeling by their parents is complete bullshit. What does deficient sex role modeling have to do with my innate gender identity and my innate sexual orientation? Not a motherfucking thing. Not a goddamn thing. Okay. No scientifically sound study has definitively linked sexual orientation or identity with parental role modeling or childhood sexual abuse. That's self-explanatory. And... Even though I'm an LGBTQ plus person, I my good health allows me to live nearly as long as heterosexual cisgender people, cis hetero people. Um, I hate the Nazi party. That's why I'm not controlled by them. And no. We did not help to orchestrate the Holocaust. As LGBTQ plus, we had nothing to do with that. And here's the truth. Hate crime laws do not lead to the jailing of pastors who criticize homosexuality. And we, us LGBTQ plus people, we hate the legalization of practices like bestiality, necrophilia, and incest. We hate all that. Okay, in America, you have people who claim to be evangelicals who criticize homosexuality and Congress has not created a hate crime law legislation against them and this is supposedly the greatest country, greatest nation on earth and North America, the continent doesn't do that North America, we are anti-hate crime laws in terms of the majority of good the majority of people in America, North America, which are decent people like me. Ugh. Yes, us LGBTQ plus people, we hate pedophilia. We hate child molestation. We hate child sexual abuse. We hate adult sexual abuse. We hate adult molestation. And allowing us LGBTQ plus people to serve openly will enhance the armed forces, not damage them. Because you can be LGBTQ plus and want to protect your country because we're damn good people. And no, we are not more prone to be mentally ill to abuse drugs and alcohol. As LGBTQ plus people, we're sound minded people. And we're sensitive to substances, what type of substances, consumption, 
as well as abstinence from substances. And no, I'm not making fun of people with addictions when I say sound-minded at all. I am sensitive to addiction because not only it runs in my family, but as a child, I was forced to sell substances to people who had addictive personalities. Um, for example, in other words, sexual orientation in general, whether homosexual, bisexual, or heterosexual, or any other sexual orientation, is a mixture of genetic and environmental factors. Um, and in 1994, the APA noted that homosexuality is not a matter of individual choice, and that research suggests that the homosexual orientation is in place very early in the life cycle, possibly even before birth. So there's this myth that no one is born gay. Honestly, I know that I was born pansexual, and I know that I was born pangender, because I remember having thoughts and interest in people that was outside of the gender binary system and outside of the male and female sexual orientation system that's of heterosexuality by the time I was a toddler. No one can choose to leave homosexuality. Anybody that says they do, they're just not acting on their gay urges. And ex-gay movements have been proven to be false. Homosexual practice is never a sin. Therefore, homosexual urges are not sinful urges because they're not worthy of being rejected. All major professional mental health organizations are on record as stating that homosexuality is not a mental disorder. There's more. Sometimes oppression based on sexual orientation escalates into acts of physical violence. Most lesbian, gay, and bisexual people, even like myself, are comfortable with our own biological sex. And... Most don't regard themselves members of the opposite sex. I just regard myself as non-binary. And I want to say that being lesbian, gay, or bisexual is not the same as being transgender. Uh, in service of lesbian, gay, and bisexual people, 52 to 87% have been verbally harassed. That was me as a child, 21 
to 27% have been impelled to objects. Happened to me a couple of times in the organized crime world, but those criminals ended up getting killed. 13 to 38% have been chased or followed. That happened to me in the organized crime world. Glad it didn't last long, though. And 9 to 24% have been physically assaulted. Yeah, that happened to me a lot in the organized crime world. The major the fact the majority of child molesters are heterosexual men, not lesbian, gay, or bisexual people. Almost all studies show that over ninety percent of child molestation is committed by heterosexual men. Fact homosexuality is not a type of mental illness and cannot be quote unquote cured by psychotherapy. Although homosexuality was once thought to be a mental illness, the American Psychiatric and Psychological Association is no longer considered to be one. Psychiatric and psychological attempts to quote-unquote cure lesbians and gay men have failed to change the sexual orientation of the patient. These quote-unquote treatments may help change sexual behavior temporarily, but also can create emotional trauma. And the treatments are in quotations for a reason. Um, fact, there is no definable gay lifestyle. Similarly, there is no standard heterosexual lifestyle. Some people might like to think that a quote-unquote normal adult lifestyle is a heterosexual marriage with two children. Less than 7% of all family units in the U.S. consists of a mother, a father, and two children living together. The most accurate generalization might be this. Lesbian, gay, bisexual people are different from one another in the same ways that heterosexual people are different from one another. Taken from Youth Pride Incorporated with the help of the Campaign to End Homophobia. Okay, I, I gotta really go in on this. Myth. People who are lesbian, gay, and bisexual work and live in only certain types of situations. LGBTQ plus identified people belong to all ethnic and racial groups, are members of all religious communities, exhibit a range of mental and physical capabilities, and are of all ages. Myth. Lesbian, gay, and bisexual people are quote-unquote flaunting their sexuality when they talk about their partner, hold hands, or kiss one another in public. These are activities that heterosexual couples do all the time. Due to homophobic reactions, some lesbian, gay, and bisexual people are actually forced to hide their sexuality in public, not flaunt it. Myth, we know what causes sexual orientation. Many lesbian, gay, bisexual people know that they are attracted to members of their own sex at an early age, sometimes as young as six or seven years old. Others learn much later in life in their 30s, 40s, and 50s. Some research indicates that sexual orientation is determined between birth and age three, but no one is sure what causes particular orientations. Myth, early sexual experiences are indicative of one's sexual orientation as an adult. Many lesbian, gay, and bisexual people have early heterosexual experiences, but are still lesbian, gay, or bisexual. Many avowed heterosexuals have had sexual contact with members of their own sex, but are still heterosexual. In fact, I was sexually abused by men and women in the human trafficking world and other organized crime figures, but... I was already pansexual and pangender before that happened. So they did not destroy my innate sexuality, my innate gender identity at all. And some men would go, but what about the one you said earlier? Um, don't you think your pansexuality, pangenderism is, is the... Um, Is the it is the result of like promiscuity or something like that? It's like and I would say this is what I would say.
Not all gay people are promiscuous. And I say that because that is such a hurtful stereotype. Because that is actually disrespectful to ethically promiscuous people like myself who I was in I was born innately ethically promiscuous. Um so you have heterosexual people are promiscuous but stereotypical but society doesn't care but they make promiscuity homophobic when it comes to gay people which I think is just Fucked up. Fucked up. Fucked up. Fucked up. And then I say, and then I really, 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 really do need to uh, speak this. I will speak this from my soul. Um, for me, I really do feel in my heart that for me I enjoy being innately omnisexual omnigender too but I really really want to put this out there Yes, I do enjoy being innately queer, innately genderqueer. Um, I want to say this. I want to defeat these stereotypes. I think that it's time for that to happen. Let me read these one at a time. Let's read this myth. It says it's unnatural to be LGBTQI+. For lesbians, gay men, and bisexual people, it is natural to have sexual attractions and relations with members of one's own gender. Bisexuals can also be attracted to members of the opposite gender. Some transgender people consider themselves homosexual or bisexual, and others consider themselves heterosexual. To act on these feelings is natural. Not to act on these feelings would be unnatural, forcing people to hide who they are and causing them great pain. It is the quality of the relationship one is in that is significant, not the gender of one's partner. The myth also comes from the belief that sexual relationships are formed for the procreation of children only. In all relationships, the decision to have children is complex and needs great consideration. Although many heterosexuals decide to have children, many do not make the same decision or are unable to have children. On the other hand, many LGBTQ plus people choose to have children or raise children with their partner. Children raised in these families comment that what is most important in a family is being loved and cared for. LGBTQ plus teachers are harmful role models for children. Dr. John P. Spiegel, past president of the American Psychiatric Association, says some have feared that homosexual teachers might affect the sexual orientation of their students. There's no evidence to support this thesis. One does not learn to be LGBTQI+. One is LGBTQI+. Most students who are LGBTQI+, were raised by heterosexual parents and live in a predominantly heterosexual society. 
LGBTQI plus people want to be positive role models and are often unable to do so. According to the Human Rights Code in each province, Canadian teachers cannot be fired from their positions for being LGBTQI plus. However, many teachers do not feel that they can reveal their sexual orientation because doing so may cause them to suffer consequences such as disciplinary, disciplinary action lack of support from administrators or lack of awareness and slash or support from parent groups. Transgender persons are not yet protected by law in any jurisdiction in Canada, although there is pressure to change this in BC. Positive role models are important for all youth. LGBTQI plus role models enable LGBTQI plus youth to see that they can be productive members of our society. Living healthy, safe lives, realizing their potential. Heterosexual youth also need LGBTQI plus role models so they can learn about differences, about being inclusive and helping to prevent discrimination and bigotry. Only lesbians, gays, and bisexuals are attracted to people of their own sex. Most adults have deep feelings, attractions, and their fantasies about both sexes. Over time, studies have consistently confirmed that both homosexual and heterosexual people have had a variety of of sexual experiences with same gender, opposite gender people. In addition, a great deal of pre-adolescent sex plays with others of the same sex as a part of natural exploration of one's body and sexuality. Homosexuality is not learned. If it were, the percentage of LGBTQI plus people in the population would be far greater. It is impossible to make someone homosexual. Homosexual heterosexual experiences as an adolescent do not determine a person's sexual orientation later in life. People choose to be homosexual. Most LGBTQI plus people feel that they did not choose to be LGBTQI plus. Rather, they are aware of having same-sex feelings at an early age. Me. That happened to me. Or else these feelings evolved and solidified in adolescent or adult years. That happened to me too. You know, I started recognizing at an early age that I'm just attracted to people. I didn't care about their genitalia. I didn't care about how they specifically were born I just had that inkling and was able to put a dictionary to that inkling when I became a young adult the choice seems to be whether to live a full and well balanced life with the same sex partner suppress their feelings I no longer suppress my feelings fuck you trauma there's a distinct LGBT core plus lifestyle there is as much variety in LGBTQI plus lifestyles as there is in heterosexual lifestyles. LGBTQI plus people can be single, dating, or involved in long-term relationships or married. They can be promiscuous, like I am, because it's a part of my nature and has nothing to do with trauma, monogamous, or celibate. They can have children. They live alone. Well, that's me. And I choose not to have children. I choose to be pet-free as well. I'm child-free and proud of it. I love being single by choice. With their lovers, with their parents and siblings, or with friends that live in city suburbs in the country or live in the city. They could be rich, middle-class, or poor, or middle-class. They could have a variety of occupations. Some are doctors, priests, prostitutes. Yay! Prostitutes! Truck drivers, writers, football players, loggers. Politicians, teachers are unemployed. Yeah, I'm currently a member of the unemployed. Some are drag queens. Yay! And some are jocks. There's no such thing as a distinct homosexual lifestyle. Just there's no such thing as a heterosexual lifestyle. Within all communities, individuals create their own lifestyles. 
LGBTQ plus people are promiscuous, some are more sexual than the straight population. There is a stereotype propagated by the fact that those individuals who are promiscuous are the most visible. As more and more gays and lesbians come out, the promiscuous stereotype diminishes. LGBTQ plus people are just as capable of stable, monogamous, committed relationships as anyone else. Queer couples often disappear from the urban LGBTQ plus communities to live and raise their families in the suburbs or the country where they may be less visible. Another issue around this myth is that being LGBTQ plus is only about sex. LGBTQ, LGBTQ plus people live full lives, which includes shopping for groceries, doing the laundry, raising children, planting a garden, and going to work every day. Being LGBTQ plus people is about who you love emotionally, intellectually, and sexually, how you identify yourself. LGBTQ plus people basically the whole LGBTQ plus people can be identified by certain mannerisms, clothing, physical characteristics is bullshit because that's not being said about cis hetero people. No, people are identified by who they are, not their external appearance. Then it says in the same sex relationship, one partner usually plays masculine role, the other one plays feminine role. No. No, people play the roles that they create, not the ones society lays out heteronormatively for them. We don't know what causes homosexuality and bisexuality. It is not the cause that is important, but that people are treated with dignity and respect regardless of their sexual orientation. Thank you. Some believe they are, pre- they are predetermined genetically. I think that was the case for me. And research seems to indicate that sexual orientation is determined either before birth or very early in life. That would happen to me too. There's no curing LGBTQ plus because it's not a pandemic and it's not an epidemic either majority of pedophiles are straight cisgender people LGBTQ plus people do make awesome parents and LGBTQ plus teenagers and children do exist and we everybody knows somebody that's gay and LGBTQ plus people are not predominantly young, white, and all religious. We come in all sizes, shapes, shapes cl- covered, all sizes, shapes, colors, and, fa- and flavors. I do remember in the organized crime world, though, most criminals were afraid to approach me. Willy-nilly, you had to be friendly and not an asshole to do so. And if you're unfriendly because you're an asshole, you had to just keep it cordial with me or not even speak to me, but just wave or head nod and keep it moving. 
But if we were really, you know, friendly with one another, we'd engage in, you know, friendly small talking and keep it going. So, my fearsome reputation at the time is why I, some people couldn't just approach me all willy-nilly. And these organized crime stories give you more of an understanding of why I can make it clear that how does this involve sex? I was taught unethical pleasure by organized crime. I was taught unethical hedonism by organized crime. And now I live a life of ethical hedonism and ethical pleasure. Um, I make the flesh and the spirit um, true friends instead of arch nemesis. Um, I've learned to honor other people's fleshes and not just honor my own flesh, which I do. I've learned to honor other people's spirits and not just honor my own spirit, which I do. And so I see my body and the bodies of others as priceless masterpieces. And I see my spirit and other people's spirits as priceless essences as well. Um, and, and so what I've learned from organized crime is certain people who approached me who were mean, and of course me and other criminals, they got dealt with. Mine was beat down and other criminals, it was kill shots. So, um, that's why I differentiate between healthy sadism that I live now, especially my BDSM life, and unhealthy sadism, which I saw organized crime that I, 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 I went from being forced to live a life of unhealthy dominance to healthy dominance, he- unhealthy sadomasochism to healthy sadomasochism. Um, health, unhealthy submission to healthy submission. I'm a healthy heart dom by nature. I'm a healthy soft dom by nature. I'm a healthy daddy dom by nature. When it comes to BDSM, I love to play the servant role. Um... And um, when I was in organized crime, I went to unethical BDSM parties. But BDSM parties that I'm now going to are ethical. Um, Would I go to gay beats, gay bathhouses and brothels and LGBTQ plus bars, LGBTQ plus nightclubs? Yes. I plan to do those things. Did I experience organized crime versions of those things, which means I got sexually defiled? Yes. But none of that made my sexuality what it is. None of that made my gender identity what it is. 
Um, that has to be communicated. And I have a healthy, insatiable appetite for sex. If you were to ask me how many times a day I think about sex, the word countless would come out of my mouth. Um, I can honestly say Affairs of my college years are not who I am. I've learned to be sexually true to myself. So that's why having sneaking around sex of that type as one in college will never happen again. Um Because I live a life of truth, justice, harmony, balance, order, propriety, and reciprocity. So the seven sexual principles I live by, I live by my sexual truths, my sexual justice, my sexual harmony, my sexual balance, my sexual order, my sexual propriety, and my sexual reciprocity. So I experience and enjoy uh, the sexual truth, sexual justice, sexual harmony, sexual balance, sexual order, sexual propriety, and sexual reciprocity when it comes to my partners. And we give, we exchange these seven principles with each other. So in closing, the seven principles of my sex life with my partners on and off camera include truth, justice, harmony, balance, order, propriety, and reciprocity. When I was five years old, I was driving custom-made cars that the criminals created and their quote-unquote favor of me so I was driving luxury cars and I remember going to the barber shop with you know it was a beauty salon but there were women barbers they would cut my hair by sharpening the edges trimming you know doing shape-ups of my hair and I remember getting free shampooing and free barbering services from the women because I remember some some of some of them were my were my passengers in the car, and so what would happen was that I would get money from them sometimes in terms of they would take me to where I wanted to go. So basically, I was Uber and Lyft before Uber and Lyft became in style, and so I then recall the fact that for myself. I would go to the beauty salon and they have to get, get my hair cut when I was five. So my parents wouldn't think anything with, with nefarious was going on. Um, the, the beauty salon customers, I remember, um, they would give me money sometimes. So 
Um, I would give them money sometimes. They would give me money because I would drive them where they wanted to go, and I would give them some money as a way of saying, you know, thank you. Thank you for, you know, for hanging out with me type of thing. And so I remember driving women around where to where they wanted to go. And I also remember being, you know, in that age and really understanding that that world of driving around was dangerous and the women around me was they were contributing to my endangerment too. I was with a bunch of total strangers. So in the crime world, people gotta vouch for people, which I hate. It makes somebody a legit street organized crime figure, and I hate all that too. And so I share all my organized crime stories to let it be known that you don't want to live your life worrying about somebody trying to kill you, somebody trying to stab you, somebody trying to bomb you, somebody trying to quote-unquote rat you, or somebody trying to quote-unquote snitch you, or somebody trying to quote-unquote dry snitch you. So if you stay out of organized crime, you don't have to worry about anybody turning an informant on you. Um... My last bit of organized crime stories. Um, trying to make sure. Oh, there are times where I would check women's grades, and they ended up going to schools of their choosing because their grades were high. I wasn't willing to pay for bad students, meaning you know those who get. You know, people just wanted things, but then put the academic work in, basically. Um, and I remember they would pay me money as every time they got accepted to the colleges that they wanted to get into, that I pretended to use a, you know, a fake voice to help talk to the higher-ups to vouch for them in a good way. It was good because I had good intentions on my part. And every time they got an acceptance letter based upon that from the schools, um, they would pay me money. Um, Yeah. Higher-ups, meaning they would pay me money as well as saying thank you. I remember they would pay um, me as also as a way of showing their give and take. This is all wrong, of course. But I would disguise my voice. I remember um, I was talking to, because sometimes when you interview colleges, that's who I was talking to. I was talking to the recruiters. And so I know my claims are very wild. I understand that I'm just giving you all of my memories when I was five. 
people on the autism spectrum, we have impeccable memories. I'm not saying that my stories are easy to believe because I know they're not because they are not your average, typical, regular Joe Schmo stories. There are a lot of stories that are more of them are being told and people are shocked because these things just don't happen to most people every day. So I don't expect everyone to believe me and frankly, I don't give a fuck about that. I know in my heart that my stories sheds lights on the things that have been kept under wraps. Many people know these type of incidents that happen in other people's lives. I'm just the most vocal about it. While other people may not have heard these stories at all and they're just stunned. But my stories actually give light on what many people if they heard these podcasts or they're like, yeah, that happened in my family, that happened in my friends, but it never gets public. But for me, I'm making these stories public. So I say all that to say, you know, I'm not sharing these stories for attention seeking. I'm not sharing these stories to make myself a street legend. I don't want to be a street legend. I never have, I never will. I don't care, I'm not an attention seeker. That's outside of my nature. Always have and always will be. What I share these stories so let it be understood that Organized crime is never true protection because if you live in fear every second of your life, you have no safety at all whatsoever. So here's now what I want to talk about. I felt like if I start off that way, you'll really understand why, because here we go. It's called, um, I want to talk about this. My sexuality, pansexuality, my gender identity, pangenderism. Let me tell you the truth about my pansexuality and my pangenderism. Here we go. So, my pansexuality and my pangenderism are not illnesses or not sicknesses or not ill health or not infections or not ailments or not maladies or not disorders 
are not complaints, are not afflictions, are not conditions, are not indispositions, are not upsets, are not problems, are not trouble, are not infirmities, are not disabilities, are not defects, are not abnormalities, are not pestilence, are not plagues, are not cancers, are not cankers, are not blights, are not bugs, are not viruses, are not allergies, are not wogs, and not contagions. My pansexuality, my pangenderism are not diseases. And my pansexuality, my pangenderism are not wrongs, are not incorrects, are not mistakens, are not in errors, are not erroneous, are not inaccurate, are not not accurate, are not inexact or are not exact are not imprecise or not invalid or not untrue or not false or not fallacious or not what of the mark are not off top off target are not misleading or not illogical or not unsound or not unfounded are not without foundation, are not faulty, are not flawed, are not off-beam, are not bogus, are not phony, are not out, are not way out, are not full of holes, are not dicey, are not iffy, are not dodgy, are not abroad. My pansexuality and my pangenderism are not unjust, are not dishonest, not immoral, and not demonic. My pansexuality and pangenderism are not manifestations of promiscuity. And my pansexuality and pangenderism are not the results of my being sexually abused. And my pangenderism and my pansexuality are not the results of me being turned out or nor snatched up. Okay, that's the things that people really need to know. My pansexuality, my pangenderism are fully free of misdeeds, bad deeds, bad acts, bad actions, offenses, injuries, crimes, unlawful acts, illegal acts, violations, infringements, infractions, transgressions, peccadillos, sins, injustices, unfairness, unjust acts, grievances, outrages, Atrocities, malfeasances, uh, torts, trespassing, and malfactions. So that's what I wanted to share, okay? And um, last organized crime story I got for you. I remember also facing a situation where Women entrepreneurs. I would help them start businesses. They would give me thank you money as well as put me as a part of their businesses and give me money on the side, give me cash. And this is just all wrong. And all this money that I'm talking about came from drug money.
that I was doing. I mean, as a civilian, some civilians knew I was hustling drugs against my will. And some are so in awe of me, they just took the money. Because I didn't carry myself like an adult. That's why a lot of things that I was forced to do was swept under the rug. And all of this is just both shitty and fucked up. I understand that. I do. I just wanted to share those last bit of memories.